1: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross managing editor of Fightful.com here. We have SmackDown Live to talk about tonight. The go-home show for Survivor Series. It is November 14th. We're going to make our NXT TakeOver predictions tonight. We're going to make our Survivor Series predictions tonight. Lots of good stuff coming your way. Also, we do have post shows following NXT TakeOver and Survivor Series this weekend. You can also check out Holy Smokes MMA podcast that we did earlier today. Listen, your boy, tomorrow afternoon, I am joined by one Jeffrey Hawkins. How are you, Jeff?
0: Happy Rusev Day.
1: Yes, yes. I'm also joined by Anna Bauert. Anna, how are you?
2: Hello. Braun. Yes, yes, Braun. Now,
1: <laughs> my acting experience is limited to a very, very terrible local movie. But my co-hosts have been featured on Investigation Discovery and Spike TV. So therefore, I'm very excited to have you all break down the acting in the first segment of tonight's SmackDown (laughs) Live program. Anna, Shane McMahon tried to rally the troops. First off, specific guys have microphones. Baron Corbin did not repeat the question. Um, you're, you're, you've done some work with some pro wrestling companies. I imagine you could give some people some acting tips. You are an award-winning actress. Uh, the acting in this opening segment ain't winning any of those awards.
2: Uh, except for one with Kevin Owens standing in the background with the best look of disdain I've ever seen in my life.
1: Um, I didn't
2: see him there. It was, yeah, it's just... Overcrowded by all the douchery going on. If the whole point of this was to make SmackDown the show that you want to lose, they did a great job. Yeah. Um, it was just like the microphones and then the speaking and catchphrases. It it really I started to think that this wasn't a real meeting. Um, <laughs> it, I have never wanted Raw to win so much in my life it was horrible. And like, it, you know, you watch this stuff and you think, I wonder what a WWE team meeting would look like. I wonder what, you know, when they discuss the shows, what, what, what everything would be like if it's like that. <laughs> oh God. Okay.
1: Jeff, what did you make of this, this first segment from an acting perspective? Cause I thought it was some of the corniest shit I have ever seen.
0: It made the room look like gone with the wind. Um, Yeah, passing around the wireless mics, not a good look uh, when you're supposedly having a rah-rah meeting in a conference room. Um, Look, look, if you're going to do camp and if you're going to do this kind of thing, go full out. Have Shane come out like the first 10 minutes of Patton and just come out and give, give one of the corniest rah-rah speeches ever. Just do that, as opposed to uh, f- fake interaction, I would say. Um, awfully convenient that Sincar and, and Baron Corbin are in a blood feud, and they're standing almost right next to each other with only Bobby Roode to separate them. That's always... That's always a nice look. You Although you can even
1: put them on different ends of the room.
0: <laughs> I will. I will give this. Um. I will never denigrate Becky Lynch's enthusiasm, no matter how bad the oh, no. material. I think she is fantastic in whatever she does. But she was the only bright spot of this. Uh, of this promo, in my opinion.
1: This was a very, very bad segment. <laughs> I wish we
0: had mics. We could pass each other as we. <laughs>
1: God, man, this made Sasha Banks' promos look like Schindler's List. Like, this was so bad. So bad. And by comparison, Dana Bryan, who I often criticize for being a little wonky in his delivery and stuff, I thought he did give the right kind of rah-rah speech right after this. It had much better delivery. I believed it much more. He brought out AJ Styles, who got a giant ovation. Jeff, what were they chanting? Were they just out of sync with the chant? Because if so, it was the best out-of-sync chant I've ever seen. Because (laughs) the crowd was like... I can't remember the chant. I gotta be honest with you. I feel like they were doing, thank you, AJ and AJ Styles, but they really messed it
0: up. I think it's just the same thing twice. Let's put it this way. It didn't matter because I was so geeked out over that promo. I, I loved... Everything about that Daniel Bryan, the past okay. three weeks of for promos on SmackDown between the two by Sami Zayn and this one by Daniel Bryan. This I want Daniel Bryan to come out during the match and second AJ Styles. That's how hyped I am for for that promo. That thing, sure. <laughs> it's like they took a it's like they took a leash off of him that was holding him back, and he was just able to say. Whatever came to his mind, and it was awesome. The dig about the UFC fight against Frank Mir was 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 dead on. I loved everything about this promo. I can't I can't speak highly of it enough.
1: Yeah, Daniel Bryan brought up that Brock Lesnar submitted to a half ass knee bar. Half ass knee bar. Referring half-ass to.
0: Knee bar. <laughs> referring
1: to- Frank Mir uh, about nine years ago. I can tell you that was not a half-ass knee bar. That was a full-ass knee bar, mm-hmm. full-ass knee bar. Styles <laughs> says that he can talk, unlike Brock Lesnar, who is a puppet. That was really, really good. And then backstage, we see Jinder Mahal claim that he's going to embarrass Styles, and Styles just outright ignores him. Uh, we're going to talk about that at length in a moment, but Anna, this. This segment, this opening segment, like really it went on about twenty-three, twenty-four minutes, and it shifted from the backstage promo to the in-ring promo to the backstage confrontation between gender and AJ. I thought they they weaved it together pretty good, even though I didn't like a lot of it, but Daniel Bryan brought it tonight, and I thought AJ brought it tonight. Really good mm-hmm. stuff out of those two.
2: That saved however long that first debacle was. It really feels like. Daniel Bryan's gotten to the point where he's looking at Kurt Angle back in the ring. He's growing out his hair and he's going, you know what? I'm going to start poking the biggest bear in the room and I'm just going to tear the shit out of Brock Lesnar and see if I can get a fight. That was just – he called him dumb. He called him a quitter. <laughs> it's, I, I kind of wish that Daniel Bryan were actually AJ's advocate. Like, where was he during the Madden tournament? I'm sure he would have done a lot better if he had Daniel Bryan there to kind of cheer him on. Um, and that and the whole part was just nothing happened, and that's that's all I wanted from that.
0: So let, let's <laughs>
2: although, although in ahead.
0: a way, let me let me go on on this thing. I this the belts coming back to gender eventually, right? I mean, this just made gender. Know. We don't need to leave that. Right well, now. let's
1: let's talk about let's this. Now. Let's let's go ahead and just talk about this. I did a news update today. The story is on Fightful.com. Well, uh, I missed
0: it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Really, did you? I did miss it because I just I haven't looked at the web a lot today. Oh, well,
1: they canceled a show in India, Jeff. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, okay that's, that's a pretty good goddamn indicator. When you're charging out the ass for tickets in a place where you can't really charge much, if hmm. anything, for tickets. When you spend six months focusing your program around one guy, hmm. this one guy, and really pushing it hard, really pushing it hard. And you put him in title matches on the two shows and you can't sell out one, much less two shows. Or you can't get good attendance at one, much less two shows. You got to bring in a big gun like Triple H, call it the biggest match in India history, then call it a super show. Elias versus Jason Jordan ain't on no damn super card, I'll tell you that much. But I I don't know that Jinder Mahal gets it back now. I mean, it's... Hmm. Maybe if they're really pushing hard for that TV deal in India, I don't doubt that they'll keep him a prom, uh, a prominent character. I would scale it back an awful lot, though. I would I would almost make him like I don't want to say a part time character, but not necessarily like you can't put him on there as often and as much as he has been. That would certainly
0: explain why AJ just no sold everything about gender mall right there cause it. My my reaction to that in, bro, in population my, is too. My reaction to that was, boy, did they just make gender look stupid right there?
1: He, I mean, he had a see- comical look on his face too afterwards, like cartoonish.
0: Yeah, it, it gave him no credibility whatsoever. It's almost like AJ didn't even believe him. It's like, yeah, whatever, you're a clown. I'm leaving this scene right now.
1: Anna, what do you make of this news and and this reaction backstage?
2: Are they honestly surprised that this is the outcome of all of this? The way that they've built up Jinder, the promos that they've given him on on, himself to the crowd and also on Shinsuke, they really surprised that this didn't work.
1: I I have had multiple, multiple readers from India that have contacted me and they say, if anybody actually watches the show, they don't like him out here. Like, they wouldn't like him mm-hmm. if they watched the show. Jeff, you'll understand this reference, and I don't always like to to compare to sports, but, like, the Houston Rockets didn't shoehorn Yao Ming in. Like, China China's basketball popularity exploded because Yao Ming was really good. Like, mm-hmm. gender's not really good. No, yeah, but
2: that's, that's it. Build him in a way, like if you're trying to break into India, then build him in a way that Indian market and people can get behind him. How did they think that anyone was going to get behind this guy?
0: They made him a heel, for God's sakes. I mean, it's one of those things like, where it's like... You can like,
2: have him as a heel, but a heel that...
0: A patriotic it's just the heel? the way
2: he was written. No, okay. not even that. It doesn't even need to be about race at all. And I think that was part of the problem is they, they pinpointed it. It's just he's making him a character that's interesting enough that people want to get behind. It doesn't matter if they're face or heel. It's just yeah. that they're interesting enough. They have a cool enough hook. Making it yeah. about race in this day and age, just like, really?
1: And that's the sad MO is like every time there's a guy that has a little bit of a shade about him or he's from a different country – and he's a heel. It always goes back to that with WWE. Well,
2: you know, it's, it's only it's, the main roster, though. Look at AOP. Yeah, but they're just badasses. Yeah.
0: I think you really need to treat your audience as intelligent human beings, and and I think they could have viewed this as pandering a mile away.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure they did. Look, to your point, we'll talk a little bit more about NXT later. Andrade Cen Almas, like he just became. Manny Ramirez wrestling in a ring and all of a sudden I've never seen him better. Like there, there's all kinds of great stuff that that you can do, but it just didn't work. They sacrificed the quality of their program for a half a year, a half a year when you had some really, really talented guys on that roster. And you wonder why people, why some leave like it's, and we're, we're seeing it more than ever these days like since CM Punk walked out I don't know that we saw we've ever seen a period since WWE didn't like hasn't had a direct like hasn't had a WCW where more people walked we we've seen a period where some like left because TNA was offering big money to to high name guys but like there's just a lot of guys who you would look at and think well maybe they'd be best served in WWE than anywhere else and they're still just like see ya I'm out of here. Can't do it. So I don't know. Um, we'll surely talk more about that later. United States Championship match. Baron Corbin defeated Sin Cara. I really like this match despite Tom Phillips' really bad commentary. Sin Cara had a great burst of offense before and after the commercial break. Then Corbin got some in in the middle. Sorry, Anna. Corbin hits his best deep six in quite a while. One of the phrases I would ban from WWE commentary is so-and-so is rolling. I'm so sick of that shit. Baron Corbin (laughs) wins with the end of days. This was good stuff. Anna, uh, what did you think of the bit of it you saw?
2: Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Um, Getting really pissed off with that right now. Um, (laughs) It was cool what I saw of it. Yeah, I mean – I'm not a fan of Sin Cara's hits. Every hits. Like, this is the second week in a row now. I've looked at them and just gone, they look really weak and just not, you know.
1: The man's 40. Uh, uh, He's got brittle hands.
2: Have you seen the ages of the SmackDown team?
1: That's true. Actually, of
2: both teams.
1: It's a fair point. Um,
2: I liked his cool Lucha-looking Jason Voorhees mask. Um, I just love Corbin in this role in general. He's like the high school jock who, you know, the the whole – normal thing with those kind of people is they were the big kings and queens in high school then they leave and then life deals them and you know karma and they have a bit of a losing streak but it feels like Corbin is that guy without the losing streak so he's never actually had to learn anything so he's still doing the bully tactics in his professional life and he's getting away with it but he's just doing it so well so i like this so Looking forward to seeing where they're going. And thank God it's going to be him versus Miz.
1: And and a month ago, I didn't think there was any way they went forward with that. But those two did a really good job at Mm. making me want to see that. Uh, Jeff, this United States Championship match, didn't see Sin Cara in it a month ago. He's had a nice little TV program with Baron Corbin. He's had, honestly, he's had a nice month with the Reebok deal and the new contract and the U.S. title program uh, and, and saving his knee throughout all that because it looked like he was hurt what'd you think of this Uh,
0: i really wish even if they're gonna make sincara lose here that they had just gone with the brawling badass sincara rather than doing you know the standard moves in the ring sincara um it looked like he landed wrong a couple times on on the deep six and on on a previous slam before that i i just was kind of i hope he's okay um Kind of, kind of upset we don't get to see Miz not catch Sin Cara on Sunday. That, uh, but uh, no, I, I prefer, I, I definitely prefer the uh, the uh, Baron Corbin match. And uh, why you we'll, gotta we'll bring up that? Goes. that will be why interesting. Bring up old stuff, Jeff. Old stuff. Old. Okay,
1: stuff. this has been great lately.
0: Oh, I like Miz a lot. He just
1: doesn't. Tends catch.
0: To, he doesn't catch anybody. <laughs> it's just you know.
1: It was the R truth one that was really bad, right? Uh Sammy. Oh, Sammy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jeff, who do you think's winning Sunday, Corbin or the Miz? Personally, I'm going Baron Corbin because I think Miz is bulletproof, to be honest with you.
0: I think there's going to be very few raw wins. I think the wins are going to be selective. So I I would I would go with Baron Corbin on that one.
1: I think they're splitting right down the middle. Anna, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think Corbin. I think aside from minor setbacks, I think they're ready to stop. I mean, they have been pushing him already, but and I think Miz can afford to lose and they will probably, I don't know, throw him maybe back in with Braun for a bit or something.
1: Charlotte Flair defeated Natalya to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. This is something that we predicted on this show last month. So uh, glad to see it unfold, glad to see it happen. Charlotte starts off really aggressive. Natalia takes a really good bump into the barricade. A great spear from Charlotte too. One of the best I've ever seen her do. Exploder suplex into the corner. Natalia hits a nasty powerbomb into the ring post. The crowd is into it. The sharpshooter, Charlotte has to to grab the, or almost grab the ropes. Fight back from the middle of the ring, then grab the ropes. Figure eight. Charlotte wins. This was outstanding. It was hard hitting. I liked it. Uh, after the match, Charlotte cut an awesome promo, really heartfelt promo. You could tell that this title meant something to her. In my opinion, this is how you build somebody after not doing much with them, not having much of a push about them for months. You put them in a really good match, in a town where they're liked, where they look like a star, they cut a promo about something they care about, and they win. Jeff, your thoughts on this before we get into one of the kind of sort of returns
0: um i i really liked the hard-hitting aspects of the match i, I think there were a few spots that um they like the spear spot i had a bit of a problem with because you tell Natty had to kind of wait a second after coming off the ropes and she was kind of making sure that charlotte was ready um but overall I, I liked the tone yeah i agree hey having people win where people like them Tends to help them out a bit. see yesterday with Roman reigns in Atlanta where he played football in college. that tends to help a little bit um and yeah, I really liked the promo I liked i I, I just liked the realism of the moment of let me catch my breath first because Natty beat the crap out of me it both that was cool. gave it gave realism to how tired she was and it also put over natty in a way Again. So that's always a good thing, in my opinion. Um, and, yeah, the the promo, uh, once the camera found her, was phenomenal, I thought, because when she was looking in the camera and talking about Alexa Bliss, there was the connection with me, yeah, I'm ready for this match now, as opposed to kind of those promos they do where they're looking at, like, a 45-degree angle as opposed to right in there. So no, I, lo- I-, I love
1: bringing the interviewer into the ring, too. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that about everything. Almost always that should be the situation unless it's a heel where it's designed to be a whiny promo. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise if you just go out there unprompted and you whine about something, I'm gonna take it that you're whining about something. Like that's that's just how it is. Anna, this match uh I kind of figured it was gonna be good. What'd you think of it?
2: Thank God she won. Right. <laughs> It's just gotten to the point where you know it's a hometown, it's a championship match. You kind of expect that they're going to lose, even though we kind of knew that
1: this was going this direction. And, and does that ever work? Does that ever no. work for sustained heat? Maybe
2: like, like is initially the, week, it is the shock thing, but not now.
1: But
0: like the it, it, psychology is from straight out of 1986, though, and it just yeah. doesn't work anymore. I'm mm.
1: like the sustained heat is just never there for me. I'm never like, oh man, remember when? When Alexa kicked Sasha right in her teeth in Boston? No, I don't give a shit. Well,
0: it, 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 yeah, the the thinking that they're going to be so angry they're going to pay to see him next time. No, they're going to be so deflated that they don't come back. That's the...
2: Yeah, crap. you just yeah. expect them now that they're going to lose. Um, I love seeing Charlotte back in a singles match that meant something – This was just awesome. And Natty, I thought did a great job. This was my favorite match of hers in a very long time. Mm -hmm. There were some awesome spots. like (laughs) Natty trying to roll out of the ring and then Charlotte just jumped on her to try and get her to stop. I, for some reason, just absolutely love that. She got ragdolled on the barricade after Charlotte tossed her. Um, and Charlotte selling the sharpshooter sharp was one of the most dramatic operatic looking cells I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like teetering on the edge of too much, but like kind of just perfect. And that promo at the end is something that most people would try and teach their students in acting school, in my opinion, because she she had the emotion as an undercurrent the entire time. It's when you're trying to teach someone how to do an emotional monologue where they have to break down towards the end of it, as opposed to starting out the gate crying, it's about finding the emotion and sitting on it while doing the rest of the work first. And she she had the emotion to begin with, and then she got to the Alexa promo, stared straight down the barrel. And got me so damn hyped for this match. I think that it's something that God intended for this to happen. And then she got straight back to the Ric Flair part, and then it all came out. And like I was already crying, and then music hit at the end, and I had to go fix my makeup for the podcast.
1: I got chills during that. <laughs> that was that was a cool moment.
0: So <laughs> did I, Anna.
1: That was a, a really really cool moment. Rick's music hits, and it's been a big week for. For vent or Vince for Rick between the thirty for thirty and this Jeff the Ric Flair return, he he did yeah. look like a shell of himself, but good to see him out there.
0: Trust me, I I you know what it's it's one of those things where you're just happy to see them at this point.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That was that was a great moment. So Charlotte, by all means, is going to be defending her championship at Starcade, which has got to be very cool for her. That's gotta be really cool for her. Oh yeah. Jimmy Uso defeated Chad Gable. The Uso's cut a promo on the bar, but while they do it, they look directly at Gable and Jordan almost and I'm like, damn, they're cutting a promo on Gable and Jordan too, even though they're not saying a damn thing about him. Like I thought that was that's kind of cool that they had that sense of intimidation. They have Jimmy Uso working the match while Jay, quote-unquote, heals. There's some good action during the break uh, with Gable using a cradle suplex to work over the knee of Jimmy because he's he's operating the same way, kind of going back. And I like this, and I don't know if you saw it. Chad Gable posted a screenshot from last year where the Usos took out his knee. Mm -hmm. That was a good callback. That was smart.
2: Yeah, they even used that in this match. It ended up also being Gable having to to clutch at his knee at one spot, which made me think that they could actually have a proper handicap match of crutches versus crutches. Um, This is a solid in-ring. I think it went the right way, obviously, where this is going. But it was also just kind of... It was cathartic to see Gable getting beat like that after the last couple of weeks of promos. I just was watching this and thinking especially the Usos promo at the start, this time last year, they were still playing in the paint and now look at them. Mm-hmm. That to me is so damn cool. Um, and then also I had to throw back to when Gable came out for the AJ's us open challenge and how incredible he was and how over he was. And then creative got to him and now we're here. Yeah, It's just funny how it's like, and go so right and so wrong in one match.
1: Gable lands on his feet during a moonsault attempt, then gets his leg super kicked. There's a series of distractions on the outside that lead to uh, Uso beating Gable. This was good stuff, kept Gable from losing too cleanly, put the Usos over before they, they head into a tag title match, or not a tag title match, a tag match at Survivor Series. I think the Usos beating the Bar is another smackdown win. Jeff, what do you think and what do you what's your prediction for Sunday?
0: No, I pretty much don't have anything to add to the Gable stuff. So, I mean, it, it was pretty much how they build up tag teams and and you know, I, I I'd rather Gable look a little, Gable look a little stronger, but I was fine with this. Um, and I agree, I think the Usos beat the Bar here. Um, I am actually conflicted on the women's match. Which we didn't get a winner for. Yeah, and I, was, I, I was
1: actually I was actually gonna go back to that. You I, I think it's clear cut Charlotte, but you, you think otherwise?
0: I don't they really like Alexa. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where I could see them just kind of uh uh cop out of having a clean winner somehow. But I I don't know. I, I see Charlotte, but I just I just I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't bet Arch Schleester's money on it, let's put it that way.
1: Anna, your, your thoughts on Charlotte and Alexa?
2: I was just so excited to get this match that my brain hasn't really gone past that. But I also think because I... I mean, I, this is based on nothing. We haven't really seen them. But I think they could get so much mileage out of these two. I think this could be an ongoing feud that they can keep coming back to. So I have a feeling maybe if that's if they see it like that as well, it won't be a clean finish and we will get something like that. And I kind of hope that's the case.
1: Alexa, like it seems like she barely wrestles on TV. It that seems since she won the title, at least it just, I know here and there, but like, I think she, she doesn't seem to lose singles matches that often, but then I think back and I'm like, okay, Nia beater, Sasha beater, Bailey beater. So maybe it's just in my head. I do think they'll add another 5-on-5 match. I think you have to before then, because on the SmackDown side, you've got gender, you've got KO, you've got Zayn, you've got Rusev, you've got Ziggler. That's, that's a five-man heel team. And you can throw them up against like Matt Hardy and some group of J-Brones that they probably beat, and that's another SmackDown win. And a way for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to say, I won, we won our match, did you, type of thing. Jeff anything to add to that? You looked like you were about to say something.
0: I I think there's going to be a 205 5 on 5. I don't th- I don't think I don't think everybody needs to get on this card. Well good. I, so, really
1: uh, KO can be in that then.
0: <laughs> I like it. Speaking,
1: speaking of, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn go to a no contest with New Day. I need Sami Zayn to add, like, a skanking elbow drop where he hits the ropes (laughs) and then skanks his way into, like, an elbow drop or something. Like, I I tagged him with hopes that he would see that and be like, that's a good damn idea. We see the unicorn stampede for the first time in a while. Owens drags out Woods by his hair to the mat, connects with a centon. My only other note was that Big E belly-to-belly suplex hot tag does not look to be on the other end of especially when he finishes with a splash so um, the Shields music hits (laughs) and Zayn and Owens go into business for themselves (laughs) they left the ring this leads to a war but first off we'll, we'll talk about the match any notes for the match from either one of you
0: I really
2: liked it I really like this match. There were so many little character points through, even from the get-go of having, um... okay, first of all, I will bring up the promo that they cut about dogs versus unicorns. As much as I hate that, like, I can actually make something of this, they have a point in my mind of, like, how do you choose between the two? For me, anyway, whatever. Um, But the beginning when Woods – had his, uh, say. uh, Sammy threw his shirt at Woods and the look of shock, amusement on his face. Like, I'm sure that wasn't planned and it was just them playing around. But even that was enough to be like, okay, these guys used to be friends and now this is how far this guy has turned that he throws his damn t-shirt at him. Um, And Kevin Owens has, since partnering up with his best friend again, there's just been this subtlety in everything that he, he does, before it was more overt anger and overt disdain towards everything. The disdain's still there, but the anger has gone introverted and it's kind of just simmering under while Sammy lives out his heel dreams. And then they'll come out in little parts in this intense viciousness, like with Woods at the turnbuckle or by ringside. I'm just, I, I love this so much. I love what they're doing so much. And I really do hope that they do get on the Survivor Series card somehow. Yeah, even if it's like them screwing over the team.
1: I think it's almost a little too transparent if they're not on the show that they're going to be screwing over the other team. Like that's a mm-hmm. thing that WWE does a lot, where they'll put they'll leave somebody off the show and try to make you forget about them. We're not we we don't forget about them. We know we saw them on Tuesday. Yeah, come on now, come on now. So a a lot of good wrestling on tonight's show. Like, I didn't think there was any bad wrestling, just a lot of really good stuff. Then it was time for Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. So ready for it. And I thought it played out way better than any of the SmackDown sieges on Raw the shield come out they are wearing the most dumbass half raw <laughs> half shield shirts i have ever seen i hope that biggie goes on twitter after this and says listen i know we asked you not to wear the tactical gear but please anything but that anything but the hogwash that you put on yourselves like man this was i'm bad. just
0: i'm trying to imagine the seamstress or whoever had to tell the shield the presentation of these shirts. That's what I've um, said. had the and- same
2: shirt. It survived a series last year.
1: Oh my God. There's, some, on
2: Seth freaking Rollins,
1: there's some religious freak somewhere telling them they're going to go to hell for mixing like linen and wool or something uh, for these two shirts. Like they looked horrible
0: yeah i mean I it, you, bad. You put two jerseys <laughs> together it at least has flow to it there's no flow with so like bad. r and half of an a and then the shield it, <laughs> it's just <sighs> terrible
1: oh god so they have this beat down the usos come out and help backstage we see the raw women storm the smackdown locker room now you're gonna get negative responses about this no matter what because people will be like Well why is Bailey doing it? Why why are Sasha and Bailey beating up their buddy? And I did that. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were gonna be the one that did that. I'm pretty sure you were on the show with me last year where you complained about it. (laughs) Now if SmackDown hadn't shown up and kicked the living shit out of everybody prior, I would have done this too. But Bailey and Charlotte didn't touch or Bailey and Sasha didn't touch Charlotte. Alexa Bliss sure did, though. She socked. Charlotte and I thought that Alexa was great in this I think it may have been Rob that said that she became the star she's the star of every segment she's in and it's true she stole the segment I thought I agree but Bailey before Jeff talk before Jeff all
0: right
1: (laughs) talk before Jeff (laughs)
2: Uh, well and that in particular or the the entire
1: siege thing sure just your thoughts on the entire siege
2: oh so much better than the other ones like this was a perfect way to end to go into survivor series as much as i enjoyed braun breaking the ring with kane it was kind of like cool what the f- what just happened um but this was awesome that yeah the charlotte alexic thing the only thing i didn't like about that was this is so stupid and incidental but like why was the women's women, not girls, women's locker room decked out in baby pink? Like, is there baby blue in the men's locker room? Is that like, whatever? Um,
1: it probably is. Where are they at, North Carolina? Yeah, it probably is.
2: Okay, uh, Sammy rolling this out of is the, the ring thing
1: in North Carolina. Chaos. I'm just telling you.
2: Yeah, I want to move on. Sammy rolling out of the of the ring with KO and just like literally piecing out as he walked past the camera was awesome. Shane <laughs> bronze music hitting like the selection of music that they had to hit was perfect, and bronze just came at the right time where you're already hyped up about it, and then it was just like the cherry on top. And you're standing by ringside watching, I think it was the first triple power bomb from the shield onto Shane. He had Titus in the background as well, marking out to that, which was awesome. But then you had Braun in the corner by ringside, holding one of the Usos in a headlock, just like cheering on like he was at a football game, completely forgetting that this dude was like caught in his arm. This is just perfect. I'm so excited for this weekend now.
1: By the way, I was corrected by Joseph on Twitter, so that Sasha did attack Charlotte. Braun, yeah, you know, Braun killed everybody. I, the, I saw a lot of people that had a problem with Braun being right next to Roman. That I have more of a problem with because he hates Roman Reigns so much. The only way that I like would be okay is if Kurt like appeared on the pre-show or something and said he's doing me a favor. He is doing me a favor because Braun has seemed eager to do Kurt favors during this entire process in exchange for being able to perform violent acts on people he dislikes. So yeah. I, th- I feel like that's currency to Braun Strowman. You let me beat the shit out of somebody, that's good. Cool. Even trade for me, bro. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that from Braun. They timed this out badly in case you guys couldn't tell because like <laughs> the second powerbomb I don't even know if the olympic slam was supposed to happen based on the way that the place it happened in the ring and the way Shane took it but I get the feeling the second powerbomb was not supposed to happen it was like 10 or 957 and they were just standing around like what do we do now but I thought this played a lot better than the other siege jeff what'd you think
0: I agree there there was a little bit more uh venom to this siege rather than just having the b team from smackdown leading the charge i mean uh i'm worried about shane that second power bomb looks like he landed on his head i wouldn't be surprised if he's concussed right now uh yeah the, the <laughs> my He'll my joke sunday too yeah my my bailey joke was this is why izzy's hitting people with light tubes on indie shows right now
1: yeah, I saw um, that. <laughs> wasn't it really a kendo stick though
0: I no, I, I think she's really hitting people with light tube. I thought <laughs> yeah, totally
1: it was made light to light look light. like a light tube because it didn't bust. Might be, might be, might be. Uh, uh, was there? there was
0: at least one. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> the, it, the nod from Kurt was both cool, but at the same time, it's like, well, great. Now Braun's going to end up being Kurt's kid. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> going. Yeah, um, so. <laughs> you know, I I was half expecting Triple H to come out too, possibly. I, I mean, really. Cena wasn't there, so that that didn't matter. I mean, I was expecting to see some of the heavy hitters on on that part of it, but I mean, they had enough, so it it, it didn't phase me all that much. It's just one of those things where I hope that the beatdown doesn't kind of tip the hand to how the the pay per view goes, and I don't think it will. But I I still think in terms of men, I think Roman Reigns is the only one getting a pin on the show.
1: Let, let's let's way. round out these predictions. Shield New Day, I don't think there's any way the New Day wins this. Go, oh. We all go in Shield here?
0: Oops. Yeah, Xavier's eating the power bomb.
1: Okay. <laughs> Enzo Amore and Kalisto, this isn't the Raw show, but I think I think this is very much in the ain't no damn way Kalisto's winning this. I don't care when the hell his birthday is type of situation. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they only had to have him to win to get rid of that whole clause as to no one else could compete.
1: Stupid so, clause not- if you weren't going to do anything and really debut somebody worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But it got him on the show. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. I just think that Team Raw is too stacked to all get eliminated. But my big question is, Jeff, do you think they go with the typical Braun gets counted out mm-hmm. because he's a big stupid oaf thing?
0: Is, oh, I thought you were talking about, I thought this was the the women at first. Um, <laughs> uh, well,
1: that, that's what I hope, well, uh, I'll get to it.
0: But. Okay, no, I think Team Raw falls apart. I think Kane comes out, takes out Braun somehow, so they don't have to pin him. I think Finn and Joe probably go at it at some point, and then you're left with Curtin Hunter versus SmackDown's top five babyfaces. I think they fight valiantly until Jason Jordan probably costs... Kurt Angle, the, the the win, and then they end up firing Kurt on Monday or at least starting the program for Mania or whatever seeds are going to do there.
1: You're giving me some doubt there, and I like the sound of that story. That sounds a lot of fun. Anna, the main event, five on five.
2: I'm thinking Raw, and I'm thinking if there's going to be – I was just thinking then about – because they kind of – implying the KO return with Triple H a little while back. And I'll be very interested to see if that's where KO and Sammy do interfere and if it becomes a thing of sucking up to the dude that screwed you over just to get back at the other dude who you hate Um, and then switching at some point. I don't know. I kind of want to see something there, but I think raw anyway.
1: How about the five on five? Women's Survivor Series match, somebody said tonight, I can't believe they didn't do the Nia and Tamina face-off. That will happen at Survivor Series, and I hope it leads to both of them getting counted out. Anna, your thoughts on the winner of this match?
2: I think if Charlotte takes it, the individual one, then it's going to be Raw.
1: Who do you think the fifth woman's going to be? Do you think they'll go the easy route with Natalia, or do you think they'll switch it up and add... Someone who is not Natalya.
2: I want Paige back. Yeah, I want a lot Paige of back.
1: Do. A lot of people do. I think a Survivor Series match is the right way to introduce her and make a big deal about it. Jeff, you're shaking your head because right. you're wrong, but go ahead. Your, your thoughts.
0: No, because I think Raw is going to pretty much run through this SmackDown roster, so I don't think they want Paige on a roster where she's going to get beaten. I think they'll wait for that big Raw SmackDown, which is in the same city and And redebut page after it, because i don't I don't see Asuka, Sasha or Naya losing here. I think Bailey probably takes a pin because that's what they do with Bailey and, and then the and, the and maybe Alicia and then the five women on i mean four of the five are pretty much expendable <laughs> and then Becky Lynch probably has to fight off the numbers game and ends up losing.
1: I think I'm going Team Raw here. I don't think it's uh, much of a discussion. Main, Well, one of the main events. AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar. I love the promo work this week leading up to it. Actually, <laughs> uh, the girl who got engaged this week reached out to us on Twitter and shared her photos. Congrats to them. Uh, listeners of the show. So, big congrats to them. Got some information from them about the the engagement. They said that... The Paul Heyman inter- like involvement actually made it much more memorable to them, and they, they loved it. So good for them. <laughs> but I thought AJ cut a great promo tonight. Daniel Bryan cut a great promo tonight, but I still don't think he's winning this match, especially after losing to Finn Balor last month. Jeff, what do you think? Oh,
0: AJ's flying for a number of suplexes. Oh, yeah. Let's put it that way. And, uh, and he's losing, but... Uh... I'd much rather see this match than gender, oh, so I'm very yeah. excited <laughs> for it. I think I think AJ, I think Brock's gonna come in the back and be very happy with the match he had with AJ Styles. I'll put it that way.
1: Do you hear anybody saying "damn, I'm missing gender" on this show? He's not booked.
0: Oh, I, I, I hear f- I I, I, well, you know the self-aware types on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But, but people with taste, no. His mom. <laughs> I don't even think his mom... I think his mom wanted AJ Styles in this match.
1: (laughs) Anna? uh, Styles, Lesnar, who you got?
2: Yeah, it's going to be Lesnar. AJ is always the one who will over-deliver, and he will walk away from this, and he will be the shining star of this. But he won't win it because it's WWE.
1: We have not only WWE Survivor Series this Sunday, but... NXT TakeOver War Games on Saturday. No UFC post-show, even though that will be happening about 12 feet from Anna's front door in Sydney, even though she actually lives elsewhere now. It's just – Australia is the size of a mall, essentially. Um. Drew McIntyre, Andrade Cien (laughs) Almas. We'll talk a little bit about the matches individually, how they came about. I love Andrade Cien Almas. I would love it even more if he won this title, but I don't think he's going to. I think the, the, the heel turn has really set him off. The addition of a valet has just added so much to him. Anna, I'm going with uh, Drew McIntyre here, and I think this will be the best match of his NXT run so far as well. What do you think about the evolution of both of these guys and their match at take or, yeah, at TakeOver?
2: Yeah, uh, Drew's winning. It's too soon to take that off him, and they generally tend to have longer runs with NXT titles. Um, Selena Vega has done wonders for him. I was watching uh, last week's NXT yesterday. Even the interview, she she takes charge in every interview. But when she did let Armas talk, she was just sitting there with this look of like this smug look of glee on her face, just like nodding along, like yep, yeah, I did that. That's mine. I did this." She is just incredible.
0: Um, Yeah, but he's not winning it.
1: (laughs) Jeffrey, any thoughts?
0: Um, Yeah, Zelina is definitely the spark that has brought Andrade Cien Almas back from the dead, because his character was absolutely dead. Uh, I agree, this will probably be his best match, probably since the Oni Lurkin match at Dallas Takeover, which I believe was a dark match, but I got to see live, which was really, really good. Um, Drew McIntyre is weird for me because I really liked indie run Drew Drew McIntyre. I like watching him in PWG do stuff that little guys on two oh five live do was amazing. And I feel like he's had to restrain himself a bit, especially, you know, in matches against your you know, your Roddies. And and your Bobby Roode's. I'm waiting for the breakout match of the Drew McIntyre that people fell in love with on the what, what we will
1: call the the Alexander Wolf performance.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah yeah I'm wait, Well, not not to that point because I mean I didn't know Alexander Wolf had it in him.
1: Yeah, yeah that, That's that. a good point.
0: You know that Drew McIntyre has it in him to do this. I think this is where kind of where Cassius Ono not being built up to the way he is and him being a big guy that could take all those types of moves without getting, you know, seriously injured, especially if he did like a a flying dive over the top, like he would do on the Indies Um, does a disservice to NXT, but I'm, this, this match has me geeked. So I'm excited about it.
1: Speaking of Cassie Sono, he's facing Lars Sullivan. Lars is going to win this Jeff. What am I missing? Why is Lars Sullivan the, Object of affection of wrestling Twitter, like is it is it one of those like ironically liking no. things? Like I, I just don't see it. I don't understand it.
0: People like winners. This may become as a shock to people, but people yeah. like guys who go out there, kill people in thirty seconds, and leave. That makes mm-hmm. people a star. And plus, Lars Sullivan for a giant, or at least for the gimmick of a giant is is very well spoken, so the juxtaposition there mm. makes you interested in him. I have no problem with Twitter taking to this guy at all. Um, I have problem with it, it they
1: can like anybody they want to like I mean
0: no but but I think you know I mean and I think uh, I, I like this matchup but but Cash is Ono gonna die
1: i want it, I want him to hit it really big so I can use all the pictures of him with hair that I have as his like headline photos. Just
0: well my thing I, is he looks he looks about forty five and <laughs> <he> just <yes. laughs> I feel bad for that part of it because it's like he has that Dory Funk body. Mm-hmm. If you ever watched Dory Funk in his prime, he always looked about like forty five to fifty. <laughs> he just looks like a bigger jacked version of that.
1: So. Well, I saw him tag with Dan Matha Matha last year, and if he can make it through that, he can make it through anything. I don't think Cassie Sono is gonna be a ch- I'm sure they'll have a good match, but, or they'll have an interesting match, but Lars is winning this. Anna, you in agreeance with us?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think maybe, I will get a little bit of a dent happen in there, but hopefully not that much because I think there's a lot there with this guy. And I think with the Twitter stuff, he doesn't talk in cliches. He's actually something different. He's a big band. That's different. I've, I look at him like Beast from X Men, who's this yeah. like massive monster, but smart as hell, and or, he's just or, something different.
0: Yeah, the comic book version of Mister Hyde almost when when where he's like yeah. still the monster, but he's a very intelligent one. I was kind of hoping he'd be killing Leo Rush here, but uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I love I love the two big men in, in a match like this. I really do.
1: Velveteen Dream, Alistair Black, I love both of these guys. I don't think it's a surprise that Patrick Clark ended up being the breakout superstar from that season of Tough Enough. I think we could see it there. Any man who wears American flag pants and has the crowd salute him at an indie event, you know, I'll you, – you got a thumbs up from me to start off with, but he has embraced this role – He's taken to the awkwardness of it well. I mean, he's kind of an awkward physical dude anyway. So I think it played really, really well into this character. And Aleister Black was a great character to bring that bring that into. And I thought that Leo Rush was a great pawn to use in the middle of it to have him debut, have him uh, put over Velveteen Dream. But Aleister Black, I think, can be something special. Velveteen Dream is going to be something. Whether it's going to be special, I don't know yet, but... I think they'll have a good match. Anna, your thoughts on the feud and Black versus Velveteen Dream.
2: Alistair Black's taking this. I love this feud. I love both guys. The fact that this entire thing is built of it's built on say my name. That's that's it. And they've done it. These guys have pulled it off. I've since Patrick Clark started with the Velveteen Dream thing, I've been so behind him. He's just, again, it's something different Um and something that I don't know how this would ever fly on the main roster and what Vince would do to it. But he does it so well. And the juxtaposition of these two, it just works so perfectly. I'm really
0: looking forward to this. I say that at all, of it, but... Mm.
1: Jeff, your pick.
0: I think it's okay. I, I'm i one of those people. I think Velveteen Dream has become more interesting now that he's gotten kind of away from the stereotypical kind of homophobic type of stuff yeah. that he was doing. Um, the problem is I think Aleister Black's become less interesting in this feud, especially when he cut the long promo to begin with in this thing. He should have just been a dude kicking guys in the face. Um, I, I wouldn't mind it being a 10-second match where he just kicks – Velveteen Dream in the face and gets a pin, uh, but I think it's going to be more fifty-fifty. I don't know what that does for Black, but I think he's winning here.
2: On that though, like that's the thing about having a character like this that doesn't really talk. The the air of mystery can only last for so long when you have them on TV every single week. I think there's more of the Tommy End character coming out now, um, but I wouldn't discount him just because it's you know they, they have to kind of break that at some point.
0: Yeah, I just thought the promo that they wrote for him didn't serve that character well at all.
1: I'm going yeah. to binge watch a bunch of NXT this week since since basically I since the tapings that I was at, I'm gonna catch up, so it's fresh in my mind. But I'm guessing that, that Alistair Black promo was a recent one.
0: Um, it was about three or four weeks ago, I think.
1: Yeah, that yeah. would have been it. I am stoked for this women's championship match. Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, Tyree Sane, Peyton Royce. I think Peyton's winning. Uh, Peyton is very popular at the Performance Center for reasons that you all would absolutely guess right now. I think this is her time. I think she's the right character to win it. I think that you've got three different girls that can chase now as well, whether it be individually or at the same time. Because if this ends up being a blow-away awesome match and they run it back, I don't think a lot of people are going to complain. Although I wouldn't be shocked if one of these girls got called up soon because they who knows, they might do a, a Women's Royal Rumble this year, and I think that's a great way to debut a character on the main roster. But I think Peyton Royce has taken it. Jeff, your thoughts?
0: I would not be shocked if Peyton Royce takes it. I thought her time to take it, would have been in the in the other four way with Nikki, Billy Kay and Asuka and just if kind she, of sneak a win there. I thought that she was the time to get win it.
1: I think that they're she's going to the main roster.
0: I'm fine with that. I'm, I hope they bring both her and Billy up as the mm-hmm. iconic duo. Um, I would put the belt on Nikki Cross. I think Nikki Cross has been the most interesting person on this women's division. She's phenomenal since since the horsewomen have got called up. I think she is just fantastic, both in the in match with her mannerisms, how she plays this psychotic character.
1: She dressed um, up as no way. Ho- would be
0: sh- A one time. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the pin tweet on my profile. I love it. Um, <laughs> But I, you know what? With the rumors of sanity possibly being called up that may put that out of the window, but I think she's the one you put the belt on and see if she has that championship heft. The problem is that that, that that's God. It's, it's just timing with Ember moon. That's all. I mean that, that I mean, she was going to be the one that you thought might break Oscar's streak and then it didn't happen. And now they're just trying to figure out what to do with she her. But
1: promo but, chops for it. I think yeah, you need a little bit there if you're going to be think, her.
0: I think if Peyton's they're gonna
1: put it on somebody without promo chops, they're gonna put it on Kyrie Sane, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Pa- uh, yeah. Peyton's the safe choice if they if they really uh, but if she's getting brought up, man, I would love to see Nikki Cross get a run with this belt.
1: Anna, your thoughts on the women's championship match. Maybe the most excited I am for a match all weekend, and that's saying something, because I'm pretty pumped for this weekend's events.
2: Yeah, it would make sense given that. Last week, it was Kyrie Sane versus Billy Kay. If Billy Kay does interfere and then Peyton wins, I would love Nikki Cross to win. I don't think this will be it. I think her turn is coming next. She's my spirit animal and everything I hope to be. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Ember Moon. Her in ring is incredible. It's just the promos.
1: War Games Undisputed Era versus Roderick Strong and Authors of Pain versus Sanity. I'm going Undisputed Era here. It seems like the right type of match for them to pull out a sneaky, slick win. Jeff, what, first off, what do you think of the War Games concept? And who do you think emerges victorious?
0: Let's put it this way. The War Games concept, little Jeff Hawkins, or at least teenage Jeff Hawkins, was the most geeked he ever was for wrestling when this thing came, when they were doing the promo videos with guys with blow torches, building giant. <laughs> I love me. I love me some war games. I love me some five on five original style war games. Hey man, I, when,
1: when the elimination I will, chamber debuted, I was a teenager and that was the first pay-per-view that I ever made sure I didn't miss. I went to, I didn't have pay-per-view edge, base ed cable at my house. I went and stayed with family that had pay-per-view for that so I mean that's kind of like the modern concept of that. Yeah. So I can see it. Do you uh, first off I want to ask do you think it resonates with today's audience the way that it, it did back then?
0: No. But that's okay. They can make it their own in a way here. Um I love I have I have the Best of War Games Blu-ray and it's possibly my favorite disc um that I own. Uh the rules I don't like, but I understand why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um they're doing kind of the throwback to the 99 era of war games where it was three teams and, and, and the rules of you get one from each team and then the, or it, and then the rest of the team gets to go in at once. I, I don't dig on that, but I think it's just to set up a, a roar spot from the two authors of pain who are probably going to be locked in a cage and trapped mm-hmm. by someone from the undisputed air. And then they're going to break out and, and kill some fools, which I'm fine with. Cause I love watching the authors of pain, kill some fools. Um, and yeah. the undisputed era are small enough where they can get thrown around, and it would be awesome. Um, I and I love sanity. I just Great. here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a throwback of something you've never seen before. But there was a, a in the late '80s, there was a roller derby show called Roller Games, where they had your typical heel face dynamic, but there was a heel team called the Maniacs who just were not heels. They just did whatever they wanted to do for money. They were mercenaries. And when they booked them against the main heel team, it was awesome because it was like guys with no moral code, just killing each other. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing insanity and the undisputed era. Just, just mass carnage. And then Roddy and the authors of pain do their, do their hero Hulk up. And then somehow the undisputed era, I don't like the the pinfall or the pinfall or I forgot that there's another stip DQ maybe involved in this or something. I I remember reading that and going no, no this this is a submit or surrender type thing. That's always what the war games has been for me. Uh, but I let's put it this way: I was so excited about this, I almost bought a ticket. I'm still pondering <laughs> a quick ticket there. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hyped.
1: I wondered – I'm surprised they didn't just go with the Elimination Chamber structure because they have it, and I thought that that was WWE's – I thought it was always going to be the answer to war games where you have teams and you have the chambers there to release people into the match. Like, I thought it was just ready-made. Anna, how do you think this match will deliver? Do you think it will live up to expectations? I wonder how the crowd will respond first off because – Cage matches sometimes struggle in that regard because the crowd can't really see a lot. How do you think that will play, and who do you think's winning?
2: I think NXT crowds are solid enough that that's not going to be too much of an issue. Um, and the spaces are small enough that it should be okay. I like the fact that they, they chose War Games mainly because you know it was Dusty's, and NXT is now kind of synonymous with Dusty, and it, it makes sense. And to put in war games, as opposed to just, you know, this the standard takeover, which as we always say, it over delivers every single time. I think this is from that point of view of what this does for NXT. It's like our, our child is growing up before our eyes. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. I love that they're doing this and I love that they have enough confidence in this brand to do this kind of a show. And I think their booking, especially for, for pay-per-views, they know how to highlight the strong points. So I think we're going to have three very strong teams showcasing in this ring, in this cage, in these rings. Um, and I think it's going to be undisputed era. That's, if, if they want to build these guys up as the, the division or the, the group that runs NXT for a while, this is definitely the place and the way to do it.
0: Here's, here's the downside of this match for me in terms of comparing it to old war games. The, the, the mid-Atlantic style, WCW style, that, that kind of Southern style, was very punch-kick heavy. This was all about punching, kicking, rubbing a guy's face in the cage, getting guys to bleed, being very vicious. I'm going to be interested to see how the current 2017 indie style translates into a match where it was usually just guys beating the crap out of each other. I I'm not certain that that kind of viciousness is going to translate. I think it's going to look pretty cause you're going to have those two giant rings and guys doing moves, but I don't know if the same vicious kind of heat that emanated from that kind of environment is going to, is going to translate here. I think the crowd will still be very, very into it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's going to be that same kind of heat. And there's nothing wrong with that.
2: I think there'll be shades of it with like AOP, but this is, they're going to do their own thing. And I think it's, they don't necessarily think the main demographic of NXT fans are of that era of, you know, original war games. Mm. Um, it's going to be something different, but I think it will be, you know, in its own right, really awesome.
1: Will there be this, blood this just in WWE has added an event December 8th. in what was supposed to be the first of two new Delhi shows in mm-hmm. Abu Dhabi, which will be headlined by triple H versus Roman reigns.
0: They love Abu Dhabi.
1: <sighs> they do love Abu Dhabi. They probably should love Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Um, So, guys, we got a ton of coverage this weekend. We have a very terrible-looking Bellator show on Friday, but I'm going to tell you to join the live discussion and click the results page anyway because it's the right thing to do for my website. Saturday, we have NXT TakeOver War Games. Sunday, WWE Survivor Series. I'm trying to keep the plugs to the beginning and end of the show. I think it goes better for the flow. But, hey, guys, scoot on over to prowrestlingtees.com slash Fightful. If you have a Fightful shirt already, if you order one, take a picture in it, send it to us. We're going to run some sort of contest based on that as well. Uh, We want you to send uh, your pictures in the Fightful gear. It's, It's a good time. It's a good shirt. I submitted that design to our tech team. They made it happen, and it's a beautiful shirt. Be cool like Matt Riddle, like Jason Kincaid, who wears it to his indie dates. It's the right thing to do. Damn it. We have live podcasts after NXT Takeover War games and Survivor Series. We got podcasts all week that you can check out on fightfulpods.com or through fightful.com. If you all want any type of MMA, pro wrestling, boxing news, we have you covered there. And if you don't like one or the other, you can separate it. We have fightfulmma.com, fightfulwrestling.com, and Twitter accounts to uh, separate them as well. Anna, I understand you're doing some work with a Rathlin promotion
2: with the Rathlin, yeah well first I'll, I'll quickly put in the plug for most ridiculous uh um, oh, yeah. currently working on it and if you would like to have access to the extra footage to a live chat for the raw after survivor series all bunch of cool stuff forum all that kind of stuff go to www.annabout.com forward slash most ridiculous um but yes i am now working with perth's or Perth's best and one of Australia's best pro wrestling companies, EPW. And we have an event, Reawakening, which is one of um, EPW's biggest shows on November 25th. So if you are in Perth or around Western Australia or if you would like to fly over, I highly encourage that because it's going to be
1: awesome. Vinny Fernando says, what time does TakeOver run till? Going to have to multi-stream with this UFC card. (laughs) Now, see, as I mentioned, Sydney is like right in Anna's backyard. So you'll actually be able to see the fights going on in the background of her picture (laughs) while we are on the air. You'll be able to see. If I
2: climb up with my koala, then I'll be able to see out into the backyard. Yeah.
1: Uh, There we go. Jeff, tell me about Shake Them Ropes. Well, Rob is currently
0: chopping at the bit on Skype to record Shake Them ropes. We'll be going over our picks for Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver as well. In addition to any news he's picked up uh, while I've been on the air here. Uh, if you like Rob and I, you can also download a show called Five Star Match Game that's on the Voices of Wrestling Network. Where Rob and I engage in trivia that caters to his fandom and not mine. And you hear me make excuses and it's a nice fun time.
1: Sorry, Jeff, we went a little uh Jeff and Rob, we went a little bit over time because we had two events a preview and a show to cover. <laughs> but guys, thank you guys so much. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, all that good stuff. Favorite us on your little your little bookmarks, on your little Chromes and your do people still use Explorers? I think they got Edge that, that really slow microsoft thing that they keep giving me notifications saying we're faster than chrome and i'm like yeah i bet you are either way bookmark us we got good updates follow anna at anna Bauert. follow jeff at crap game 13 <laughs> and
0: follow or at anna bowert
1: or at anna Bauert. follow yeah. me at Sean ross sap and follow us at fightful online until next time guys we're out